So about a, a month or so ago, I got a call from John saying he's doing this whole sermon series on heroes, and he wants somebody from Sunbelt to be there on the, on the last Sunday uh, to, to go on this idea that we can all be a hero. So I decided right then and there I was going to have to do some, some really heavy research. It, it, was, it was going to take a lot for me. Uh, in, in the last month, I have um, watched Iron Man 2, uh, Thor, and X-Men First Class um, all, all in the last month. Uh, I would have done Captain America, but I saw that one in the theater uh, last summer, so I figured it, it counted as well. Why are those all so popular? Why, why has Spider-Man been redone four or five times, uh, had his own cartoons and series and stuff for years? Why has Superman come back around so often? Why, why, why is that such a popular genre for Hollywood? Because it resonates with us. Because we can understand what it is to be somebody noble, to be somebody, uh, somebody who is, who is uh, standing up for the right thing and doing the right thing. What are some characteristics of a hero? Somebody shout, characteristics of a hero. Somebody help me out here. Okay, I got five of you at once, one at a time. Power, okay. Brave, strong, invincible. Selflessness. You've been reading my notes. <laughs> Savior. All of these things, we recognize these qualities in somebody. And we put those things up on a pedestal, and, and we, we can see when somebody has all this stuff, they're strong. They're willing to put their stuff aside and go do what needs to be done. They help out when the call is there. If you go to that first slide, we can all be a hero. We're not going to be uh, flying around and, and walking through walls and stuff, but we can all be that kind of an everyday hero. The first way we do this, on that next slide, the first way we do this is by answering God's call to salvation. See, before you can be a hero, you've got to be on the right side. We don't root for the villains, do we? We don't want to see the bad guys win. We don't want to see the bad guys carry the day. Yeah, we know at the beginning of the movie they're going to you know, pull something off and, and it's going to go bad at first, but that's not how it's going to turn out. Nobody can go to see the movie where the bad guy wins. If you want to be a hero, you've got to be on the right side. And we do that by answering God's call the salvation. You see, salvation is when we get washed. Our sins, the things that have separated us from God, get washed away through the blood of Christ. And I know, you guys know this. This is not, this is not new for you. I, I get that. But this is important because you've got to begin at the beginning. And this is the beginning here. You've got to get this part right. Because if you're not on the right side, if you're not on the right side, then it's not going to go well for you later on. Our sins separated us from God. But our Heavenly Father loved us enough <clears throat> that He sent His Son to be the hero that you guys talked about last week. Who laid down His life for us. So we could have the opportunity to be forgiven. Laid down His life. Went to the cross. If we don't get <clears throat> this relationship with Him right, 
Nothing else that happens afterwards is going to matter. You're either in or you're out. On this next slide, I want to to read some scripture here. In Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, it says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. This is, this is from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Okay? One of the first recorded things we have him doing is going out and telling people about the good news of God, about the kingdom that's coming, about what they need to do to get their lives right. This was, this was his purpose, his mission, was to make sure that people could be on the right side. Because you can't be a hero if you're on the wrong side. He says other, in another place that he came to seek and to save the lost. And that's, that was us. That was us before Christ. And, and you know, people, people get, give testimony sometimes. And it's, the, the ones that we hear the most are the ones where life was really bad, and then Jesus came into their lives, and they turned it around, and, and, and it got a whole lot better. And those are powerful and awesome. But for those of you who, who came to Christ when you were younger, and you're a kid, you ever kind of sometimes go, I've had people tell me this, they go, well, I kind of feel bad because I don't have much of a testimony. I don't have much of a story. Yes, you do. When you came to Christ, you were a sinner. And when you came up from the water's baptism, you were saved by His grace. And you were made clean. You guys know this, but I want to go through it anyway. You want to get on the right side on this next slide here? If you want to get on the right side, you've got to believe that Jesus is the Christ, that He is who He said He was, that He is the Son of the living God. You've got to confess Him before men. You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to be willing to be immersed into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. At Sunbelt, this is our number one priority, is to introduce the kids that God has placed in our care to Jesus Christ. That's priority number one. First and foremost, before anything else happens, we need to make sure we've got that part right. If we're going to be fulfilling our ministry at Sunbelt, we've got to make sure we've got that part right. So it is a focus of what we do. We incorporate devotions into our school that we have there. We incorporate uh, studies and time in the Word into the families. Because it's important that they know who Jesus is. And we hope that they make the the decision to to join the right side. But people can't make a decision if they don't know that there's a choice. If they don't know that there's a choice, they can't make that decision. The... uh, the worship team is going to come back, or, or whoever's singing is going to come back up and share with us. If you go to that uh, next slide there, uh, they've got a song that fits really, really well right in here. So I'm going to turn it over to them, um, this, and, and I'll rejoin you in just a moment. Cries in the corner where nobody 
sees. He's a kid with a story no one would believe. He prays to the God, dear God, won't you please, would you send someone here who will love me? Who will love me for me? Not for what I have done or what I will become. Who will love me for me? Cause nobody has shown me what love, what love really means. Her office is shrieking a little each day. She's the woman whose husband has run away. She goes to the gym after working today. Maybe if she was thinner, then he would have stayed. And she says, who love me? what he's done he utters a cry from the depths of his soul oh lord forgive me i want to go home then he heard a voice somewhere deep inside and he said i know you I've watched you suffer all of your life, and now that you'll listen, I'll tell you that I will love you for you, not for what you have done or what you That was incredible. Wow. Um, I, I watched the, uh, the video for this on, on YouTube, and that was something else. Uh, that really was. Um, you understand what that song's talking about, right? You, you get where she's coming from there. 
That's what we're trying to introduce people to, is a love that's real. Drop on down to that next slide. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says, Jesus came to them, that's his disciples, he came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, immersing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. It's kind of like bookends on Jesus' ministry. From the very beginning of it to the very end of it, he was all about calling people to salvation. And if it was that important to him, it ought to be a priority for us, shouldn't it? He's telling them how to carry on his ministry afterwards. And we'll use this as a, as a segue to the next point here on this next slide. If you want to be a hero, you've got to answer the call to salvation, but then you've got to follow up with discipleship. See, salvation happens. I'm unforgiven, and now I am forgiven. But discipleship is a process of growth. Discipleship is a process that's going to take some time. Oh, I don't know, maybe the rest of your life. It's going to be ongoing from here on out. On the next slide here, we'll see in Matthew 10, 24 and verse 25, Jesus says, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It's enough for a disciple to be like his teacher, and the servant to be like his master. And when, when I read this, it, you know, I, I just got to thinking, Confucius plagiarizes so much, doesn't he? I mean, you don't have to go New Age to get the truth. You don't have to go to some Eastern meditation stuff to get the truth. It's right in God's Word. Been there all along. The biggest and the most important change goes from being unforgiven to forgiven. After that, the process of growth starts. And this is stuff that is going to be applied to all of us, in general, we find it in the Scriptures. Things that all of us need to be working on, all of us need to be doing, all of us need to be changing different areas in our life. On these next two slides, I'm going to read a, a long passage from you and then, and then talk about it just a little bit. In uh, Matthew 4, 18-22, he says, uh, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers. Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew's brother. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And on the next slide, it continues going on from there. He saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with their dad, Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed after him. Discipleship is going to costs something. It's going to require some kind of sacrifice on our part. We cannot continue to go our own way and be the hero that God has in store for us. We're going to have to follow after Him. I, I really appreciated the, uh, the uh, thoughts that you shared with the offering. The idea of trusting. When it comes to material things, when it comes to how we spend our money and, and what we do with our money, that's really where it starts getting kind of personal, isn't it? Because we make a certain amount, and, and, and we feel like we've made it. I'm using we a lot. I'm sorry, folks. I. Let me back that up. I. I feel like I've done something. I've earned a paycheck. 
I've got this money. And I'll give some over here, and I'll give some over there, and I'll spend some over here, and I'll spend some over there. It's mine to do with what I want. Not if I'm a disciple, it's not. God has some things to say about how we spend our money. God has some things to say about where we spend our money, about the things that we support. If salvation was so important to Jesus, it should be important to us. One of the ways that we're going to show that is by how we spend our money, by where we give our money, by what we do with our money. How about our time? That one is another one that I have struggles with. It's my time. It's mine to do what I want to. And I can work because I have to work, and I can do this because I have to do this, and I have these responsibilities uh, with baseball and with football and with all the stuff my kids do, and that's all good. But it's my time. I get to decide. Not if I'm really a disciple, I'm not. I, I, I don't get to do it like that. See, it's got to be run through what does God have in store for me today, right now, in the next hour. The invitation was extended uh, over a month ago, and, and you know we left early this morning to drive over here. Um, it's not my time. It's his. I, I can't add one second to my life. The scriptures talk about that. So it requires something to be a disciple. If we're going to be that hero that God wants us to be, it's going to require that we step up in those areas. And those are all real general things. There. Okay? That's all stuff that uh, it's, it's in the book for all of us. The same calls to prayer and to fasting. The same calls to hiding God's Word in, in your heart. The same calls to how you spend your money. Those apply to all of us. They're in the book that way. On this next slide, I want to get a little more personal with you. If you really want to be God's hero, you're going to have to commit to God's call for your life. What does he have specifically for you to do? The things we've talked about so far, salvation's for everybody. Okay, There's no one who is outside of God's grasp. Salvation's for everyone. The spiritual disciplines and the things that, that are in the scriptures are, are things that we all have to work on. But what's God's call for your life? On the next slide, I want to read scripture to you from Acts chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. This guy Saul is going to have his name changed later on. It's going to, it's going to be Paul. You might have heard of him. He, he wrote a few letters, I think. Um, notice something. Barnabas and Simeon and, and Lucius and Manan and Saul, they're all already doing something at Antioch. They're active in their church. They're preaching and they're teaching and they're, and they're fasting and they're praying and they're, they're active and they're doing things. And God is using what they're doing. But He has something else for these two guys. 
And the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Sunbelt is a, is a ministry that um, can be rather taxing at times. Uh, it's, it's a full-time ministry. The house parents, when I say full-time, I'm, I'm meaning full-time. Um, they are on call 24-7, except for the, the four days a month they're off and the vacation time when they're off. And if they're not called to do that, it'll burn them out quicker than you can imagine. Uh, one of the things that, that we like to do when we're talking to um, potential house parents, I like to try and talk them out of it. If I can kind of scare them off a little bit, they probably shouldn't be there in the first place. So we talk about the time commitments that it's going to take. <clears throat> we talk about the family sacrifices that they're going to have to make, time spent away from family at holidays and different things like that, things that they're going to have to give up in order to minister to kids, in order to make a lifelong difference in someone else and invest in those lives. It's a, it's a calling, just like any other ministry is. Now, I'm not downplaying what happens in the church. Please, please don't misunderstand me. I am absolutely in no way, shape, form, or fashion downplaying what's happening in the church, the teaching and the preaching and the, and the, and the uh, fasting and praying and, and all the gifts that are talked about in the church. That may be what God has called you to do. Because I, I believe that all of us have something specifically. God has a specific plan for each one of us. His big picture plan, it's, it's going to be taken care of, okay? His kingdom is going to go forward. His church is going to grow. Things are going to happen. He's got a specific part for me to play in that. If I don't do my part, God's not going to you know, fall apart over it. it it's not going to be something where, where the kingdom is going to crash because I didn't do my part. He'll make other allowances, but I will have missed out. And the specific thing that maybe I was supposed to do, maybe that won't get done just the way God had wanted it to. If I step aside from that, then I've missed out on that specific thing. So your responsibilities, the things that are going on in your church, that may be what, what you're called to do. Others may be called into full-time ministry. Others may be called into uh, ministering in their families. Your family is a ministry. You understand that, right? The children that are given to you are your ministry. And the time that we spend and invest in them and, and the things that we do with them are going to pay dividends years down the road. We're, we're just now starting to see some of that. Um, I'll embarrass her a little bit. My daughter's sitting out there. She's going to be 17, what, two days, three days, pretty soon. Within the week, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, she's graduating this year, and she's planning on going into the ministry. She's, since she was in fourth grade, has been talking about South America and going down and, and being a missionary somewhere in South America. And... Uh, when, when they're in fourth grade and they're talking about that, you encourage that. I mean, that's, that's great. That's great to hear because, you know, that's going to fade. That's, you know, it's what they're studying in school, so it's a big deal. 
It didn't fade. It didn't go away. It's still there. I hope I'm still encouraging that. I hope I'm, I'm still encouraging that. It's becoming much, much, much more real to me now that we're actually making some plans. But I hope I'm still encouraging that. Because that is an important ministry. We need men to step up and be heroes in their families and in their churches and in the ministries that they've been called to. Ladies too, but especially especially men. Um, <clears throat> John gave me a book a while back, and one of the things it talked about was, uh, was in, in movies and shows and things, look at how often there's a father issue in the show or in the movie. And so I started... Thinking about that. And, you know, it comes up an awful lot. Reckon why that is? Because it resonates with people. Because we all want to be that kind of hero. Family is uh, the second priority that Sunbelt has. Showing kids what it is to be a part of a family with a mother and a father who have been called to that ministry, who have been called to do that. And they're able to bring kids into their home and work with them and share with them the love of Christ. Share with them the love of a mother and a father. On this next slide, God's kingdom has been built by ordinary people who have answered the call to be heroes. It will continue to be built by ordinary people who have answered the call to be heroes. People just like you and me. I don't know what your calling is. I don't know what God is asking you to do. I don't know what the next step for you is. I really don't. And, and, and when people occasionally will, will come to me with stuff and say, hey, you know, I, I've got this opportunity. What do, you, what do you think about this? I can say, well, you know, sounds good, but... Is it what you're supposed to be doing now? I can't answer that for you. The kids are going to come up and, uh, and share a song with you here. And I want you to listen to it, to, to what the words have to say. And, and think about this idea. Think about what it is to be that hero every day. Come on up.
As the, uh, as the worship team makes their way back up, think about where you are right now. Think about what they just shared with you. Think about what God's calling you to at this point. Do you need to answer that call to salvation? Do you need to follow closer after as a disciple? Do you need to step up to, to whatever it is that God's calling you specifically to do? How's that time? <laughs> 